1: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective, and today we're looking at chapter 30 of Breaking Dawn, Irresistible. And so where we left off, the Volturi are coming because they think Renesmee is a child vampire, which, I mean, she technically is, but the Cullens all think it's a loophole. They're like, ah, that rule doesn't apply to us because it's slightly different. Edward's like, oh no, I didn't turn a human child into a vampire. I just impregnated a human woman uh, who knew about vampires. And then she got turned into a vampire, but not after having this demon spawned baby. So of course that's fine. You know, that old chestnut. Anyway, so Alice has also left and she's left Bella a little clue, asking her to find Jay Jenks and gave her an address. And yet still Bella's stumped. She's, she's fucking yahooing it. She's Googling it. And it's like, Alice gave you the address style. Gets to stepping. You've got a name and an address. What more do you need? She's Googling it. Like it's a horoscope. Like just, just get going. And she starts this chapter saying, there was so much to think about. How was I going to find time alone to hunt down Jay Jenks? And why did Alice want me to know about him? If Alice's clue had nothing to do with Renesmee, what could I do to save my daughter? How were Edward and I going to explain things to Tanya's family? What have they reacted like Arena? What if it turned into a fight? So many things to worry about. She says, I need to learn how to fight. How am I going to learn how to fight in just a month? Because the Volturi are taking a whole month before they activate, by the way. Um, Was there any chance that I would be taught fast enough to be able to be of any use up against the Volturi? Was I doomed to be totally useless? She's all, oh, she's all stressed. She says, so many answers I needed, but did not get the chance to ask my questions. So she just said, I'm worried about all of this stuff. I, I've got to think about all of this shit. I've got to go hunt down Jay Jenks, but what does she do? You know, you know what she does? You know what she does? Her and Ed would have sex all night long. She, she just puts a pause in the crisis so they can get their rocks off. But we'll get to that in a second. With her also talking about how she thinks she might be useless in a fight because she hasn't been trained. She's, she's spiraling over that and she goes, oh no, will I be just another easily dispatched newborn? It's like, babe, I thought the whole point of newborn vampires was that they're super strong. Remember, just like a book ago when Victoria was creating a newborn army because newborn vampires are strong. And now she's like, oh no, I'm just a useless newborn vampire. I'm hopeless. It's like, no, you you beat Emmett in an arm wrestle. You're not useless. It's like this chapter we've just decided to go with the narrative that vampire newborns are now useless. It was crucial to the plot that they were super strong, just last book, but now they're useless. So they leave the main house and go to the cottage so they can tuck Rinesme into her cot. And Jacob goes with them in his wolf form. But then once they're in the cottage, he goes, runs off, patrols the woods. So it's her and Edward alone with the kid asleep. And she goes to ask him some of her many questions. She says, Edward, I, and he's like, uh, 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 not today. And he spins around. And before she knew it, he's kissing her. She says, I only had time to register the ferocious expression on his face before his lips were crushing against mine and his arms were locked around me like steel girders. That sounds comfortable. Also, I love how this is a surprise to her. You know, how many chapters have we had now of her just seeing things in slow-mo and her mind processing things super quickly? But now she's like, ah, barely had time to register his face. And the next thing I knew, he was wrapped around me like steel girders and we were banging. So then they bang all night long, literally all night long until the sun comes up. She says, I didn't think of my questions again for the rest of the night. What? This is a crisis. Well, you've got some very serious issues you've got to consider. Do you think Do you think Emmett and Rosalie are out recruiting people and, and pausing to bang? Like, no, they're working. Do you think Carlisle and Esme are stopping at a Motel 6 so they can get their rocks off? No. They're going around the bloody world trying to recruit witnesses. And yet here's Bella and Edward having a nice like 10 hour break just so they can go and bang each other's brains out. And she reasons it being like, oh, I thought we'd have centuries together. But now that we've only got a month left together, well, I I better start banging him real quick. She says, all I wanted was to love him as much as possible in the limited time given to me. Yes, babe, limited time. Go hunt down Jay Jenks. So then the sun comes up and she's like, all right, get out of me. And she's like, I I got things to do. That was a nice 10 hour break, but get get off me. Then she says, as soon as I let myself think of what was coming, I was all tension. It felt like my nerves were being stretched on a rack, thinner and thinner. Okay, so the all night fuck fest didn't relax her any. And so her and Edward have a quick chat about how Tanya's family are coming and Elazar's coming with them. And Edward's like, oh, I wish we could have a quick chat with them before we tell them about Nessie to sort of brief them on it. I don't know, they're just stressing over nothing. And also they're getting changed in the huge closet, which makes her think of Alice. And she's like, oh, Alice, I forget that she abandoned me. Cause they're still going with the narrative that Alice legitimately abandoned them. Even though she's also left behind clues. I don't know, that was a random bit of dialogue. And then she pulls Renesmee out of her bed and Renesmee's still asleep. She had a great night's sleep, even though her, her parents were banging like wild, probably breaking the furniture poor Renesmee, what What if she had cried in the middle of the night and needed attention? Do you think they would have even heard her? Do you think she would have even registered in their sex-crazed brains? This is bordering on child neglect. So she hugs Renesmee and she says, oh, that's it. I can't waste one second of time today. There were answers I needed and I wasn't sure how much time Edward and I would have alone today. Okay, so now she's a go-getter. Now she's an early bird gets the worm kind of a girl, even though she was getting the worm all night long. Now she's like, all right, sun's up, I'm up. I can't waste a single second, even though I've just wasted 10 hours. So she says, Edward, will you teach me how to fight? And he immediately goes into that mode where he's like, no, Bella, I don't want you to fight. You're too precious and vulnerable and you'll break, even though she's a vampire now. He tries that whole shtick. And so she's like, all right, Edward, like, let's cut the crap. Would you really leave me unable to defend myself? And he's like, all right, all right, twist my arm. And he says, all right, we'll get to work as soon as we can. And she's like, great. Then they go over to the big house. And on the way, she starts quizzing him about the Volturi. And she says, what would you say their biggest advantage is? Do they have any weaknesses? And then, okay, in narration, she says, Edward didn't have to ask to know I meant the Volturi because she was just saying they. and like. Yeah, Edward's not a genius. Of course you're talking about the Volturi. You're not talking about the Russians. What would you say their biggest advantage is? Do they have a weakness? And Edward's like, oh God, who's she talking about? Oh, who's she talking about? Is she talking about the LA Rams? Is she talking about the Mountain Lions? No, of course she's talking about the Volturi. Edward didn't have to ask to know I meant the Volturi. Who else would you be talking about, Bella? Anyway, he says, Alec and Jane are their greatest offense. Their defensive players rarely see any action. Okay. Maybe they are talking about the LA Rams. So just to recap on Jane, she can burn people with pain mentally. She can mentally affect people, except she can't affect Bella by making them feel pain. She's a like a walking Crucio curse. And Alec, her, I think twin or her brother, he does, okay, apparently the opposite. Well, okay. Edward says he's more dangerous than Jane somehow. He says he's the antidote to Jane. She makes you feel the worst pain imaginable. Alec, on the other hand, makes you feel nothing. Which, welcome to my life. I feel nothing a lot of the time. But apparently that's worse than feeling unimaginable pain. He says, oh, sometimes when the Volturi are feeling kind, they have Alec anesthetize someone before he is executed. That's if he has surrendered or pleased them in some way. And Bella's like, anesthetic? But how's that more dangerous than Jane? And Edward mansplains, and he's like, because he cuts off your senses altogether. No pain, but also no sight or sound or smell. Total sensory deprivation. You are utterly alone in the blackness. You don't even feel it when they burn you. And she shivers, she shivers. She's like, oh, that's so dreadful. It's like, actually, I'd rather not feel it if I'm being burned at the stake. Like, thanks, Volturi, that's that's a lovely gift. And she's like, oh, how dreadful. How dreadful that, that the person doesn't feel any pain. Also, why is she shivering? She doesn't feel cold. What biologically human reaction is that? Vampires shivering? Why? Okay, but then Edward says the real difference, just like with him and Arrow, is that Jane can only make one person feel pain at a time, whereas Alec, he can incapacitate the whole lot all in one go. And okay, where did Stephanie Meyer come up with this crap? When she started writing Twilight, she stuck to cliche talents. You know, mind reading, seeing the future, mood manipulation. She'd have stuck with some of those tried and true like superpowers. Now that she's in Breaking Dawn, she's like, oh, this kid, he has the power of anesthesia. How'd she come up with that? And I don't think this was like a long con plan of hers because if she had actually planned for vampires to have such crazy, ridiculous talents, James would have had a talent. I, 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 I forgot his talent was that he was a tracker. And Victoria's talent was that she's evasive. Like, come on. We went from actual talents that like the X-Men would have to some random bullshit personality traits enhanced through vampirism. (laughs) What? He has the talent for sensory deprivation. Ooh. So Edward's being a bit of a Debbie Downer and he just says, yeah, if Alec wanted to use his gift against us, we would all just stand blind and deaf until they got around to killing us all. We could try to fight, but it wouldn't work. We'll just be helpless until we die. And so, okay, well, that was cheery. And then Bella's thinking, hang on a tick. She's thinking she's immune to Jane, which has been tried and tested. So she might possibly, probably be immune to Alec as well. Even though that's not a sure thing because she's not immune to Jasper. She's not immune to Alice. She's only immune to half of the vampires with skills that we've come across. But anyway, she's got a hunch that she'll be immune. So she thinks, maybe if I get trained up in fighting, I can take him out and give everyone else a chance. And she's thinking, and maybe if he's never had to defend himself because of his superpowers, then he might not be that good of a fighter and I can take him. And Edward's like, ah, bitch, he's been with the Volturi for centuries, like he can fight. And Edward says, yes, you're surely immune to his power. Okay, I don't know if surely is the correct word there, but okay, you're surely immune to his power, But you are still a newborn, Bella. I can't make you that strong a fighter in a few weeks. I'm sure he's had training. Okay, so newborns are just no longer really strong. The newborn advantage no longer exists. And Bella's like, well, I could still distract him for a little bit, give you guys a chance. You know, she she loves to be the sacrificial lamb. She just loves the idea of dying to save her family. It's the start of every preface. So that idea is already forming in her mind. And Edward's like, cut that shit out, Bella. He's like, I thought we dealt with that last book when you were having that obsessive dream sequence where you were picturing yourself as being the third wife. Remember that unnamed wife that sacrificed herself in the Quileute tribe when the, when the tribe was getting attacked by the vampire and so she, she killed herself somehow. Anyway, I thought we'd gotten over that, but we're back on that. Anyway, Edward says, I will try to teach you what I can, but please don't make me think about you sacrificing yourself as a diversion. And she nods and she goes, all right, then. And she's like, I'll keep my plans to myself. So she full wants to sacrifice herself. Nothing's changed with Bells. She's like, yep, first Alec, then Jane, then I'll give him a shot. And then she's also thinking, I doubt Jane or Alec have ever learned how to fight. Why is she underestimating them so much? And she says, okay, I have to learn everything as much as you can possibly cram into my head in the next month. What's there to learn? You just charge them, bite them in the neck, trying to capitate them, pull their limbs apart, burn them." Like, there you go. We, I, I don't need to go and do a TED talk about this. But no, apparently it's gonna take a whole month to teach her that. Even though I think she already watched Jasper's How to Fight Newborns class last book as well. Did last book happen? Did I dream that? Because no one seems to remember it. Am I the only bitch out here that remembers Eclipse? And so then I guess they're still walking towards the house. These super fast vampires are walking at a glacial pace. And now she's thinking about Dimitri. And she's like, Dimitri could be a problem. Yeah, I can take Jane and Alec, their two most talented people. That would be a piece of cake, but Dimitri might be difficult. He would without a doubt be a fighter. There's no other way he could have survived so long, but his power is to track people. (laughs) So she thinks she needs to take him out next. If she survives fighting Alec, if she survives then fighting Jane, she's gonna aim for Dimitri so that the rest of them can run and escape without being tracked. Even though none of them are that subtle, I don't think we need a vampire with a super secret skill to track them. You know, they're the Cullens, just Google rainiest place in England and they'll be staying there. Google rainiest place in Canada, That's where they'll live. Rainiest place in Brazil. That, well, you know what? Just check Isle Esme. They'll probably be there. And she's also thinking if Dimitri didn't exist, then Alice and Jasper could be safe forever. And then she's like sad because, oh my God, Alice abandoned her, even though she didn't really. And she goes to like ask Edward about Dimitri. And he says, Dimitri's mine for the same purpose. He just wants to take out Dimitri to give Alice and Jasper a chance. He says, for Alice, it's the only thanks I can give her now for the last 50 years. Like okay. So you're on the same page with Dimitri, great. Oh, and also Alice's note told them to ask Alizar. That's why they mentioned Alizar when they were getting changed in the closet. But then they dropped that conversation. So now she's picking it back up again. And she says, Edward, why did Alice want us to ask about Alizar? Has he been in Italy recently or something? (laughs) Like, has he visited them recently? And Edward's like, oh no, he was a Volturi. He's like, oh, I forgot you didn't know that. Yeah, he was a Volturi once upon a time. And she hisses, because she thinks the Volturi are so evil. Which, yeah, like they are. But also, they're technically not. You know what I mean? Like they're technically just the lawyers and the police. They just execute vampire criminals. And she happens to be, well, there's evidence that she and the whole family are vampire criminals. So that doesn't technically make the Volturi evil, even though we have seen them eat like a a whole room full of tourists. That was, that was a blow for the pro Volturi crowd. I'll give them that. But even Edward, he's like, uh yeah, Elazar's like a very gentle person. He's not that bad. The Volturi aren't evil. They're just the law. And people who work for them or who are with them are just like people who love the law. And she's like, no way. She says, oh, the pictures in my head were jarring. A compassionate Volturi soldier. She can't picture it. She's like, no, that sounds ridiculous. And Edward says, well, he wasn't one of their soldiers. He just had a little talent that they like to use. Oh, another vampire with a talent, a vague talent. So Elazar's talent, okay, is that he has an instinctive feel for the gifts of others, the extra abilities that some vampires have. So his talent is finding talent. Can you believe that? He's effectively the Simon Cow of the Volturi. He's a talent scout. He's a talent scout. So when he's in the general proximity of a vampire, he can tell if they have abilities. So when the Volturi were going into battle with someone, he'd just hang around and be like, oh, that one over there's skilled. You know, like, oh, save them, they can talk to animals. Oh, Save them, they always know what the time is. Oh, that one over there, they they can always tell the difference between Diet Coke and Coke. God, there's some shitty vampire skills out there. Anyway, okay, so Alazar can do that, fantastic. And she's like, well, if he's so skilled, how come the Volturi let him go? And Edward's like, they don't just hold people against their will, Bella. They're actually not that bad. (laughs) He says, they are the foundation of our peace and civilization. Each member of the guard chooses to serve them. It's quite prestigious. None of them are forced to be there. And she's like, oh, gross. As if she's not also a blood sucking creature of the night. And she starts thinking like, okay, do you really think we have a chance? Do you really think we can stop them and make them listen to us before they act? And Edward says, if we find enough friends to stand beside us, maybe. And she goes, oh, if, he said, if. And she goes, oh, I suddenly felt the urgency of what we had before us today. Oh, so now you feel the urgency. Now you do. Even though you just had a fuck fest for 10 hours, now you feel the urgency.
0: Okay, good to know. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: So then they go to the big house and they wait for Tanya and her clan to arrive. They had a little bit of discussion around like how to stage it. Like, oh, should we have Renesmee up front or should someone meet them? Should we hide the werewolf? but they decide that Renezme Jacob in his human form and Bella will wait in the dining room. And she says, Jacob, let me hold Renezme." He wanted space in case he had to phase quickly. Oh, oh, he let you, did he? That's your kid, doll. It's so funny how already she's like, oh yeah, Jacob owns Renesmee. She was angry at it yesterday, but now she's like, oh, you know, Jacob, can I hold my own daughter? So as they're waiting, she tries to remember them from her wedding, but because they were human memories, they're all foggy and ill-lit. She says, I only knew they were beautiful, two blondes and two brunettes. I couldn't remember if there was any kindness in their eyes. Like, oh my goodness. That's why you gotta write that stuff down, Bells. That's a tip out there for everyone who's getting married. Write down every single guest and what they gave you and if they had kindness in their eyes. Just keep a tally, a running tally. So then a she's like, oh God, what if they don't like me? And Bella says, oh, they just don't understand you, Renesmee, she still calls her Renesmee, just call her Nessie, everyone else is. She says, they don't understand you because they've never met anyone like you. They just need to understand. And then Renesmee is, oh God, she's a mother's daughter because then she's doing a whole like, oh, it's all my fault, I'm the problem, everyone's upset because of me. So she's just a regular chip off the old block. So this was all getting very boring, but finally the other vampires arrive. Thank God. Edward goes to greet them. He greets Tanya, Kate, Alizar, and Carmen while the rest of them are hiding in the dining room. And the other vampires are like, oh, hey, how's it going? What's the probs? Where's Carlisle? And Edward's like, oh, Carlisle's not here. And Tanya's like, that's weird. And she's like, well, what the hell's going on, Edward? You dragged us down here from Alaska. What's going on? And then Edward just proceeds to explain things in the most obscure, confusing way possible. He says, just give me the benefit of the doubt for a few minutes. I have something difficult to explain and I need you to be open-minded until you understand. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, can we, can we sit down first? Can you offer us a beverage? We just had a long drive from Alaska. Can you let us inside the house and maybe say hi and give us a blood bag? Edward's a terrible host, terrible. And of course, when you preface it with that, they're all like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, oh, calm down, calm down. Nothing's wrong. Even though something is wrong. He's like, Carlisle's fine, physically fine. But we are all in grave danger, just, you know, FYI. But before I explain the grave danger, you guys will have to promise me that you'll hear me out before you react. And so they're like, okay. Meanwhile, Bella, Jacob and Nessie are in the dining room and she's looking over at Jacob and his russet lips paled. What? I wasn't aware that his lips were russet as well. Apparently he's just full russet. Every part of him's russet. And I I didn't know that lips went pale. I guess when you you like smush them together and you press them real tight, they pale. But what a weird little sentence that was. His russet lips paled. Okay, all right. Russet lips paled, okay. And Tanya says, okay, we'll listen before we judge. She's like, why has he got to phrase it like this? It feels like a trap. So they're like, okay, well, why do we smell werewolves? And also where's Bella? And he's like, yeah, 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 we're, we're in the werewolves. We're still tight. Don't worry about that. And Bella's doing great. She's taken to immortality with amazing finesse. And they're like, okay, um, so what's the danger? Like, hurry up and tell us. And Edward says, okay, well, listen, what do you, you guys hear in the other room? And they're like, oh God. They're like, okay, Edward, let me get out my listening ears. They're like, okay. And Tanya's like, all right, I hear a heartbeat. I guess that's a werewolf. And Edward's like, keep listening. And they're like, oh, be easier if you just told us. But sure. And so then they're like, oh, there is a a little thrumming noise actually. Like like, is that a bird? And it was like, nah, not a bird. But like, remember that. And now what do you smell besides the werewolf? And they're like, oh God, I don't know something not human. Uh, it's not a werewolf. It's not human. It's close to human. That's a weird scent. They're like, what is it, Edward? And he's like, not yet. I'm not telling you yet. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. He says, please, please remember that this is something entirely new to you. Throw away your preconceived notions. He's really amping it up. I think he's doing too much. Just say you knocked a girl up and you had a kid that's a hybrid, half vampire, half human. Like, just say that. I don't know why they have to hear and see for themselves first. Maybe say the crazy thing and then give the evidence. And they're like, okay, Edward, geez, we get it. Oh, we'll listen. We won't judge. Just like rip the band aid off. And so then Ed was like, okay, Bella, bring Nessie out. And so <laughs> Bella brings out Nessie. And you would think it's the actual Loch Ness monster because they all skitter. Kate jumps back across the room. They're all fucking terrified of this kid. Elazar's throwing himself in front of Carmen to like protect her. And even Jacob's like, oh God, this is a bit theatrical. And Edward's like, guys, guys, relax. You said you'd listen. And Tanya's like, yeah, but this is crazy. And Kate's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And Edward's like, guys, guys, remember, remember what you hear. Remember what you smell. Remember what you see. Remember what you feel. Use your senses. Unless Alec's around, I assume you all have your senses. Remember her little bird heart? That means she's human. It's like, what? <laughs> a, a what? And one of them's like, I guess I hear a heartbeat. And Edward's like, yes, she's not a vampire child. You could have led with that, mate. And he says, she is half human. And they're like, what? He's like, I know. I, I'd never heard of it either, but she's one of a kind. I knocked Bella up when she was a human. I'm not her creator, I'm her biological father. And they're like, all right, that's weird. And he's like, I know, but Bella gave birth to her when she was still human. Then I turned her into a vampire then. And Elazar says, I've never heard of such a thing. And then Edward sort of brags. He's like, yeah, physical relationships between vampires and humans are not common. And he says, human survivors of such trysts are even less common. Wouldn't you agree, cousins? And then he looks at Kate and Tanya. And they scowl because apparently they they bang men to death. Like, I think we skipped over that or we glossed over that. Kate and Tanya are prone to bedding human males and then accidentally killing them in the throes of passion. Uh, yikes. And, and the Volturi are meant to be the villains, <laughs> right? <laughs> when even the nice vampires are accidentally killing humans with their vaginas. Like, uh, may, maybe they're the bad guys too. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Although if you're gonna die, what a way to go, am I right? And then Carmen, she's looking at Nessie and she's like, oh, of course. And she's like, guys, can't you see the resemblance? So we're meant to believe that like Carmen is now looking at Nessie and being like, oh yeah, I do see shades of Edward and I do see Bella's human eyes. She's like, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could, I could see that. Even though like Renesmee looks six, remember? They were at the wedding when Bella was human and not pregnant and there wasn't a kid just like a month ago. And now they're seeing this six-year-old kid and they're like, yeah, yeah, they, they look alike. That looks like their biological daughter. Why are we not talking about how she's a freak that ages five months in a day? Like maybe that should be coming up. But Carmen's like, oh, you have your mother's eyes and your and your father's face, even though you're six years old looking. And so then Bella gets Carmen's permission for Nessie to touch Carmen's face. And Carmen's a bit like, uh, what? (laughs) She's like, she wants to touch my what? And Carmen says to Nessie, oh, do you speak little one? And she says, yeah, I do, but I can show you more than I can tell you. And then she touches Carmen's face and Carmen's like, what the fuck was that? So Nessie just shows her everything. Apparently everything, Every, every memory she's ever had. Even though she wasn't around for the conception and all of that hooey. Apparently she's given enough context clues. So when she puts the hand away, Carmen's like, "Oh, of course, that all makes sense. Yep, I'm all on board. And Carmen says, oh, she really is your daughter. Wow, yep, I'm convinced. So then Nessie just goes around the room, starts touching people's faces and they're like, oh, wow. Yep, I, I'm 100% on board. There's no other explanation for it. Like, what is Nessie showing them? Is she showing them birth certificates? DNA tests? What? What has she got? in that Rolodex inside her mind that she's showing them that's so convincing. But it works every time someone gets touched in the face. uh, Why does she have to touch the face, by the way? She could touch them anywhere. Wrist, kneecap, back of the neck. But no, she always goes for the face, which I don't love. You know, I don't like people touching my face. You know, I don't want your greasy, oily little digits pressing up against my skin. Like, no, no, I'm not interested in that. But Renezme, she's just shoving her grubby little paws into everyone's face. And yeah, they just go, ah, of course, yep, I see. On to the next one. Meanwhile, Elazar has not picked up on anyone's talents in the room. Apparently Bella has a latent talent and Renesmee clearly has a talent, but Elazar's just been very quiet on that front. So now everyone's calmed down. And Tanya's like, okay, but you said you were in grave danger. So of course we assumed it was the demon child that you brought out. Like, maybe you shouldn't have led with the fact that you're in grave danger if you're not in danger from her. Like, who are you in danger from? And then she's like, so it must be the Volturi, right? And he's like, yep. (laughs) Yep, should have led with that, my bad. And Bella says she was not surprised at Tanya's quick understanding. She says, after all, what could possibly be a threat to a family as strong as mine? Only the Volturi. Did everyone forget Eclipse? They were under attack last book. A whole newborn vampire army led by their old rival, Victoria. And before that, it was werewolves that were a threat to them, their natural predator. And she's thinking, oh, of course it's the Volturi. Who else would be a threat to my Edward and his little family? How did everyone forget about Eclipse? I feel like I'm alone on a mountain. Guys, can you, can you please just like ride in and say, yes, I remember Eclipse. That's all I need. Just four words, just a four word email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com. Just in the subject line. Yes, I remember Eclipse, just so I know I'm not going crazy. Because Stephanie Meyer forgot it. Bella and Edward forgot it. Tanya forgot it. Even may show in the history of the world through her hands, she forgot it. Anyway, so Edward, he explains to them that Arena dobbed them in. And they're all like, oh my God, Arena did this. Oh, we are so sorry. We apologize for her, our bad. And Edward's like, they're all coming. In a month, they're all coming, even the wives. And they're all like, what, the wives? Eleazar, the former Volturi, who's like, the wives, they never leave that place. He's shocked. He says, why would they put themselves and the wives in danger? And Edward's like, I know, doesn't make any sense. But Alice saw it and he winces when he says Alice's name because it's so raw. Alice's betrayal still stings even though Jay Jenks is still sitting pretty in Seattle, just not getting visited. Anyway, Edward fills them in that they've got a month. Everyone else, all the other Cullens are just going to recruit more friends to be witnesses. He asks them to be witnesses. And they're like, of course, after what Arena did, after Arena did you dirty, we owe you. Yeah, we'll be your witness. And Tanya's like, cool, cool, cool. But will they care? Will the Volturi really care that much that she's a half human, half vampire? Like she's still an abomination, right? And they're like, nah, nah, it'll be fine. The restriction against vampire babies was put in place to protect them from exposure from children who could not be tamed. But Renesma's fine, they say. And Renesma goes, oh yeah, I'm not dangerous. It's like, okay, you would say that, but thank you. So Nessie says, I never hurt grandpa or Sue or Billy. I love humans and wolf people like my Jacob, my Jacob. And then she dropped Edward's hand to reach back and pat Jacob's arm, and then it says Tanya and Kate exchanged a quick glance. So you can bet they're thinking like, "Oh, is that is that where we'll fucking that baby? Like, like what's going on here?" They're they're perturbed. They're like, "Yeah, we were we were all for defending your family, but but this is crazy. Kind of would have rather if you turned a kid into a vampire because." I think that werewolf's stopping that child. Like, this is crazy that they're sharing that glance. And I, I just know that's what they're thinking. They're thinking this is bonkers. And then Edward finally says, oh, it's funny, if Arena hadn't come so soon, we could have avoided all of this because Renesmee grows at an unprecedented rate. By the time this month is past, she'll have gained another half year of development. And they're like, oh yeah. Like, like they never even thought that, This kid is far too old. And Carmen's like, okay, well, I guess we can witness that for you. Her growth, why not? And Carmen says, we'll be able to promise that we've seen her mature ourselves. How could the Volturi ignore such evidence? The thing is, even if that is evidence that's accepted, they'll still be like, oh, we can't let a vampire-human hybrid exist. Like, that's an abomination. I just wouldn't trust them, no matter what. But sure, let's try it. So then they all agree to protect the child because Renesmee's just so cute. They're all obsessed with her already. And then Carmen's like, I want to hold her. Can I hold her? And Bella's like, yep, classic Renesmee winning people over. She says, it was just like with Charlie. No one's immune to Renesmee's charms. Oh, maybe that's her talent. Maybe Renesmee's talent, apart from touching people on the face and showing them visions, is getting them to like her. As far as talents go, it's probably one of the better ones. And she thinks, for a moment, I thought that maybe what we were attempting might be possible. Maybe rinesme could do the impossible and win over our enemies as she had our friends. Like, okay, can you really see like Arrow like having rinesme on his lap, just bouncing her up and down? Like, no, I don't think so. And then she says, and then I remembered that Alice had left us and my hope vanished as quickly as it had appeared. And that's the end of the chapter. So another bum note of them thinking Alice has abandoned them, which... She kind of hasn't. And Jay Jenks is, yeah, in Seattle, sitting pretty. Go and find Jay Jenks. Ugh. And the next chapter is called Talented. So I'm hoping that's when Alizar's like, oh, Bella, by the way, you're talented. (laughs) We'll have to see what happens. So yep, we'll leave it there. As I said, please email me if you remember Eclipse or if it's like a Mandela effect and I'm just like inserting fake memories in my mind. Like I could have sworn I read that book like three times and I've recapped it on a podcast, but, but maybe I imagined it. Who knows? Let me know. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breaking downpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at Podbreaking Down and Instagram at Breaking Down Bad Books. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com/breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at nathanbrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading.
0: Planning for your next trip?